Hello and welcome to Brom Show. This is Brom. It's great to be back with you. We are in the middle of the series Great Works. As a matter of fact, we are right in the middle of the book The Law, written by Frederick Bastiat. Uh, and God knows I can't pronounce that right. That's as close as I'm going to get, so I won't even try it again. Uh, the reason we're in the middle of it is it was just too good too much uh, information packed in to just a small pamphlet. We didn't have enough time, so we're going to start right out of the gate, and we're going to start doing the quotes and talking about those quotes as we go. So sit tight. Let's do this. In the law, Bassier writes, when law and morality contradict each other, the citizen has the cruel alternative of either losing his moral sense or losing his respect for the law. So what he is saying is either you can hold on to your morals or you can follow the law. This is the same issue, right, that we had with slavery as the nation. It was legal. It was immoral. And so either you hold to the law or you hold to your morality. Thank God we had enough people that held to morality that eventually we got rid of it. We've got the same issue with abortion. We've, it's either going to be we're holding on to our morals or we're holding on to the law. I choose morals. Let's get this straight. We should choose morals every single time. One of the reasons we're in our situation that we're in right now is because we've chosen law over morality. This is why, uh, and not even law, we've chosen the lawmakers or the law enforcers, even when they're not enforcing the law. Or Let me rephrase that. We have chosen our legislatures uh, not so much as our executives. Our executives don't make the laws. Their job is to enforce the law. The issue is that now they're writing the laws and we are uh, obliged to follow those laws or be fined or jailed or otherwise harassed. There is a problem here because morality and law do not equal the same. They are not uh, co-eternal, co-existent. <laughs> Morality and law can vary extremely. And that's a part of the issue that we're having today um, in so many different facets of our lives. So let's move on to the next quote. When plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men living together in society, they create for themselves in the course of time a legal system that authorizes it and a moral code that glorifies it. Now, this is just an amazing thought. When plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men living in a society. So let's pause right there and look at that for just a second. That is exactly, now that started with Social Security. Social Security, we stole from the younger to give to the older. Now, I am slowly getting closer to the older. So, hey, what my kids and grandkids are going to, at some point, have to take care of me, right? Uh, well, I will actually be taking more money from them than I put in, even including with inflation. So with that, I will be plundering from my children. Now, we've got Social Security. We've got food stamps or SNAP. We've got Medicare, Medicaid. We've got, you name the government program, and we have it. We've got government programs that will pay for your electric, that will pay your bills to get you through. We've got ones that will pay for your mortgage, that will help bail you out. They're trying to give uh, college bailouts. So this is what he says. He says, when plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men 
living together in society, they create for themselves in the course of time a legal system that authorizes it and a moral code that glorifies it. So years ago, now I, I was not as much of a stickler as I should have been. I've not always been rich like I am now, right? I, I wasn't always just rolling in dough like I am today. Having said that, there was a time when we were almost destitute. Not quite, but almost. And we had friends that urged us, I mean, with strong uh, fervor to get on food stamps. Please, please, please get on food stamps. Why aren't you on food stamps? And my response was, first of all, it's my job and my duty as a husband, as the father, to provide for my family. For the record, we never did get on food stamps. We did accept uh, against my better judgment, against my uh, my poor wife had to hear me complain about it every year. We did accept child tax credit. We shouldn't have. I'm going to be right out there with it. I found myself being like Thomas Jefferson. I'm against slavery, but I own slaves, right? I am against any government money because there is no such thing as a free lunch. And so any government money is, uh, is heresy to any true liberty-minded individual. However, those that uh, they then glorify it. So we were looked down upon. We were ridiculed. We were... Uh, we were shamed, or they would like to have shamed us, in so much that uh, they would urge us to do it and force our action, force our hand. We didn't. Thank God we didn't. But it is glorified more now. Remember several years ago, they came out with the free phones that Obama had. They were calling it the Obama phone. This is exactly what Bastier was talking about. Let's move on to the next. He also writes... The state is the great fiction by which everybody seeks to live at the expense of everybody else. And there is only one eventual outcome to this. There is only one eventual. The state is a great fiction by which everybody seeks to live at the expense of everybody else. There is a great, there's only one way this ends. And we all end poor. We all end destitute. It's the only way it works. Let's look at another one. No legal plunder. This is the principle of justice, peace, order, stability, harmony, and logic. Until the day of my death, I shall proclaim this principle with all the force of my lungs, which, alas, is all too inadequate. No, Bassier, it was not inadequate. Unfortunately, your life was too short. But don't worry, about 170 years later, we're still reading it and we're still talking about it. This is where liberty comes from, and these are the principles that steal liberty. Let's go to the next. He also writes, There is in all of us a strong disposition to believe that anything lawful is also legitimate. This belief is so widespread that many persons have erroneously held that things are just because the law makes them so. I think this has been what has lulled a great mass uh, sleep-deprived generation of Christians um, and has eventually put them to sleep because now we are of the belief, well, if it is legal, it must therefore be right. But yet when we look at specifics, 
we realize, wait just a second. Well, this particular law is unjust. And so, but then we, so we make an exception for that law, right? For instance, let's use abortion. We'll say that abortion is wrong, that's murder. But every other law that has been passed by the legislature and signed by the executive and judges have ruled, it therefore must be just except for this one. But then we find, sure enough, sure behold, there comes another one. And we'll say, well, yeah, but it must still be just because, well, we haven't really looked at it or considered it. Remember, the Supreme court had said that slavery was legal, that slavery was moral. Uh, well, because of the way that they, they find or they decided, they decided it was moral. So just because the Supreme Court says something, just before, just because the president says something, just because your mayor says something, does not make it so. And just and lawful are two entirely different things, and they do not necessarily coexist. As a matter of fact, the longer I live, the more I see this is just the opposite of the truth. He goes on. He writes, By virtue of exchange, one man's prosperity is beneficial to all others. Can't you what he just said? He just summed up capitalism with all of its nuances, not crony capitalism, just capitalism, all right? We want to make sure we get that clear. Crony capitalism is just as bad as socialism, in my opinion. There is no benefit to crony capitalism whatsoever. But he just summed up capitalism in its finest features in one sentence. And this, by virtue of exchange, one man's prosperity is beneficial to all others by the by exchange so if you make birdhouses and you will exchange your birdhouse for either the the greenback dollar that i have or some other good or service that i can provide you then your birdhouse has been beneficial to me everybody benefits when we have this same this virtue of exchange. One man's prosperity is beneficial to all others. Let's go to the next. So he writes, Everyone wants to live at the expense of the state. They forget that the state lives at the expense of everyone. So true. Get this. Every dollar that you receive from the government, that dollar was either taken from somebody else or was printed, which then, in the long run, actually means it was taken from you. So all they did was give you your dollar back, but now the dollar they gave you is only worth, so they took your dollar when they printed it, right? They've now taken your dollar, and they give you back 80 cents, and you are so happy you received what looks like a dollar. They have stolen from you, and we don't know it, and you're not aware of it. This is exact, this goes on all the time. I wish I was writing this. You would see the period after that. All, period, the, period, time, period. The government takes from each and every one of us by those one of two different means. Either they're going to take it by plunder, which means they're going to rip it out, and uh, you're going to be forced to pay those taxes, or they're just going to print more, which robs all of us 
ironically, it does rob all of us, but ironically, the ones that feel it the most are the poor. Because the rich, well, we have a buffer. And so when we are robbed, we've got a few more dollars to go around. And so we don't feel it quite as hard as those that are less fortunate. Somebody working a, a, a job that's low income or a, a minimum wage, they will really feel it. And so we rob from the poor. Generally, with inflation, we rob from the poor to feed the rich. And with outright plunder, we rob from the rich to feed the poor. But both of them get robbed. And it looks like I've only got time for one more quote. So let me get to it. Men naturally rebel against the injustice of which they are victims. Thus, when plunder is organized by the law for the profit of those who make the law, all the plundered classes try somehow to enter by peaceful or revolutionary means into the making of laws. According to their degree of enlightenment, these plundered classes may propose one of two entirely different purposes when they attempt to obtain political power. Either they may wish to stop lawful plunder or they may wish to share in it. This is our Congress today. And unfortunately, the vast number of them, especially the House, you got to remember that all financial bills and determinations are made primarily in the House. And the House of Representatives is controlled by Democrats. And Democrats, nobody loves to plunder in America more than Democrats. And these plundering buffoons will plunder our prosperity away and they are plundering it away however if I, I if I left it at that I would be failing and doing us a great injustice because Democrats are not the only ones that are plundering we just had a Republican president that gave two trillion dollars that signed off on that and a Senate that also signed off on that that was Republicans and they plundered us for $2 trillion, and now they're talking about plundering us again. Let's start a hashtag. Hashtag stop the plunder. <laughs> I've run out of time. We will talk to you guys later.